Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But as always, we're coming at it from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. What is up, everybody? <laughs> hello, hello uh, dear listeners. I'm here, too. Kevin's um, here. He is here. He's <laughs> present. He's in the room. We're joined in Atlanta, balmy Atlanta. Yeah, it's, by, we're having unseasonable warm weather right now. Our most recurring guest at this point, yeah. Andrew. Ooh, I have, a, I have that title now? You do. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud, proud, to, uh, <laughs> proud to claim it. I'm excited yeah, to be here. To Atlanta. This is my first time getting to record with you gentlemen in person. That's right. It's um it's a momentous occasion, and we decided what better way to celebrate Andrew being <laughs> with us than by reviewing a classic piece of <laughs> shit, 1994's Street Fighter. Welcome to the party, you guys. Yes. I think Andrew and I are like movie soulmates, because you always come on for the most like unhinged movies, <laughs> and they're always the funnest to talk about as well. I... You know, I recently rewatched it to get ready, and I still kind of like this movie. Like it, it has its problems, but yeah, an unhinged movie is right at <laughs> right up my alley. And this movie is is nothing if not that. Just it's all over the place. I'm on like I have peaks and valleys with this movie, and I'm on a peak right now. I like I like it again. I I've loved it and I've hated it, and now I love it again. I have to say, like having watched it now after not having seen it in years, it's not as bad as I remember it being even as a 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> See, but the, one of the weird things to me though, is that there are so many things that it should be. Otherwise there are so many different oh, things yeah. that it should be instead of what it is. And maybe, maybe that's why I like it. Or maybe that's why <laughs> it interests me to be like, look at this train wreck. <laughs> I know it's like, there's, there'll be a lot to talk about as we work our way through. Were we, so were much we, shit that happened. Were we all fans of the video game growing up? Oh yeah. It was Hell probably yeah. my favorite video game but Definitely i only had, I had the sega genesis version Ooh, us too which was it didn't so i didn't have a version that featured t-hawk and cami yeah with right the, the and that, that was a super the NES version. Edition, which featured like you could play as the four villain characters right sure yeah but you didn't get the like the new challengers that um, was um the super street fighter 2 for the super nintendo that we had and that's when which i bought on i bought the original cartridge a few months yeah, back we and we, we broke that out here. one night oh man you mean i've been here this whole time and we haven't played well, street fighter the to night, prepare for this the night and by day the day is young and so we'll get into it later but oh, did yeah, you bring this it? was uh, oh, no, no, i didn't bring it with me maybe, yeah, okay. maybe maybe later on but um <laughs> but yeah this was my jam whose favorite character your favorite street fighter character to pl- just to play, to play as yeah. Um, I, I like to bounce around. I actually enjoyed playing as M. Bison. 
Okay. Bison had an interesting set of moves that I like to Are you play. You a fan of the Psycho Crusher? Um, your blue the psycho fire. Psycho Crusher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that move where he would just stomp on your skull um, was pretty <laughs> the one rad. He'd fly up in the he'd air, and, just in the air just and just like two feet cross right his down. arms. Yeah, yeah. and he'd, he'd stand there. Um, and then my secondary character that I would play, I liked Blanca. If I, okay. I'm a button masher, so okay. like I'm not any good at knowing the moves. A lot the of times, and stuff. I just want to like like stand there and be electrified so yeah totally the computer just keeps running into me and getting shocked to hell um i i would sometimes play as bison i do feel like it was easiest to win the game playing as bison because it's just hard to fight against bison huh. um but then the character i would play the most was probably sagat Ooh. i liked playing with him i love the muay thai style now oh, yeah. from my my kickboxer love yeah, I um, was a Ryu, Ryu guy, Ryu guy, Ryu. And then I would also play as Honda because Honda was kind of easy to win with. Yeah, because you just do that hundred hand slap yeah. over and over, and you can't. Yeah. The opponents can't get through it. Can't get yeah. past you. Well, that infinite you know? bitch slap, like they, you were yeah, like a long infinite way away. Bitch slap. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the, um, yeah. Grew up playing this game tons and tons and tons. Um, yeah, I feel like it was my most played game. That game, this movie is not. No, not at all. No. It, it barely resembles bit. the video game, other than the names of the characters. And and it is chock full of them. Yeah, even, yeah, and even, even them. those people don't necessarily resemble who they are supposed to be. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, tell us a little bit about this film, Kevin. Well, it was written and directed by one Stephen D'Souza. Who we love. Yeah, yeah he, he wrote uh, Die Hard, wrote Commando, wrote 48 Hours and The Running Man. Yep. Um, this is like the only big movie that he's ever directed. Probably because no one was going to let him direct another movie. Well, after I, this. I think like he and maybe he himself stepped back and said, you know, I have a, a very particular set of skills and I don't <laughs> want to do this ever again. And then he followed this movie up by writing uh, Judge Dredd, Stallone's Judge Dredd, which is like then I think his career sort of was a little less. Uh, he was less actively working after those after, you know, we know how Hollywood is. If you have a couple of sort of disappointments in a yeah. row. That can just end a career. That's a life and a career with a steep cliff. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, For sure. You're, you're up on that peak and then, oh. I think he's starting to work a little bit more again now. So good for him. The Ooh. world needs him. Totally. And he's not, like, he's, oh, what, early 60s. So, I mean, he's doing all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you guys are the experts. Would you say that that is because of the stars that he worked with on those two final, like, disastrous films maybe that's oh you want to blame it on stallone and van damme i'm interested to know if that is a consequence of like he didn't have true creative direction and therefore he gets a bad rap that could be because we know stallone's a big diva right and i think van damme was a diva by this point in his career where it could be like well i'm just gonna say what i want to say what and i'll go off the script a little bit i can improve this we know stallone thinks he should rewrite Everything. Everything that someone else has written. Yeah. And I think, like, if we're talking 40-something-year-old D'Souza at this time, who's been just straight crushing it for a decade or so uh, by the time this movie rolls around, again, he probably works with the studio. He works with Capcom, who just hamstrung him, and he's working Mm -hmm. with these personalities. And he's probably like, you know what? I'm going to take a break for a while, because he probably didn't need the money at this point. Yeah, I don't envy his role with this film. No, agreed. So as John just mentioned, it's all is produced by Capcom, the video game company, which makes sense. Also, the, there was an American producer involved, Edward R. Pressman, who's produced some amazing things. Amazing stuff. He produced Badlands, um, Terrence Malick's Badlands, which is great, but he had produced Wall Street, 
You produced The Crow, American Psycho, Conan the Barbarian. That ill-fated was island of Dr. Moreau was also one of his. He's done some bad shit, too, such as Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Masters of the Universe whoop, was whoop, his. Whoop, whoop. And Judge Dredd was him. And Island of Dr. Moreau, which was like, the as most- train wrecks go, it was on par with this movie, I think. But if you're a producer of movies that are that fucked, like, that's sort of where it does fall. On the, that's, like, that's your job as the producer. Is to right. keep the ship afloat and moving in the right direction, um, and it seems like he didn't always do that. Right. Mm. We had starring uh, <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme at the peak of his stardom and right. addiction, uh, <laughs> sub- yep. substance abuse problems for Van Damme at this point, which had whatever resonated, it affected the finished product here. Right. As Colonel William F. Guile, as American as the day is long. <laughs> Guile. Guile's a funny one for me as. I was maybe seven when Street Fighter came out, and my brother and I thought, like, up and down that his name was Gooley. Gooley. <laughs> Bill Gooley. Phonetically, whose name is Guile? That's I mean, dumb. none of these characters had full names in the video game, right? I think they, maybe in the instruction manual that gave the little backstories. Okay. Ryu was just Ryu. I think that they, like, elsewhere, they do call him, like, Ken Masters, but I feel like it, you have to get into, like, wiki and stuff to I find that shit like, out. I read, like, the... Ken Masters stuck after the movie. Really? Like they decided from now on this he'll is be Ken Masters. This is Ken and, um, and he's Masters. <laughs> there was one other person, one other character whose last name stuck, and I can't remember who it is now. But it, really it was it always was Edmund Honda. I think. Oh, it, really? I, I remember that being. But a, wasn't he Evan it, in this movie? No, I think it, well, in this movie, I don't know what he was in this movie. I think he was Edmund in this. Okay, well. maybe it just sounded. My the transfer I was watching was like the shittiest, <laughs> the shittiest DVD I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Um, also starring Raul Julia. Oh, uh, yeah, um, R.I.P. As, as General M. Bison. Matthew Bison. <laughs> Michael. Mor- Michael Bison. Michael Mordecai Bison. Bison. Ooh, Mordecai's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Um, who had, of course, a career we all know about, the Adams Family films. Um, started out as like a stage guy. I, mean, I love this story. Tremendous there, like, ra- actor. Randomly discovered by Orson Bean. That I didn't know. Who's yeah. Orson Bean? Orson Bean, in my mind, I most remember him for being the voice of Bilbo Baggins in the Rankin Bass, The Hobbit okay. um, animated movie. But he was uh, primarily a stage actor. He had like a lot of success as a stage actor and then made uh, lots of TV later on in life, too. But he, he apparently saw Raul Julia performing in Puerto Rico and was like, you should move to the mainland and you know get good at English and, and yeah. become a huge star. His voice is... It's amazing. Um, tremendously powerful in this. Raul Julius. Even though he is fucking dying. Oh, it's very sad. When I looked him up, I was like, oh, surely he's, I guess he comes from the British stage or something because his voice work is just incredible. Yeah. He like nailed that yeah. accent that he was doing. It's just Bison. big. Um, also stars Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li, Chun-Li Zhang. Right. Um, who... I didn't realize she'd been like she's been out here doing her thing for she'd forever, been destroying it. She looks incredible. Like she's in the Mandalorian now, yeah, and, and she's like, Boba Fett. she doesn't Ooh. look much older than she looked in this movie. She like, looks she exactly is. the same. Nice. I remember her. She was the voice of Mulan in the Mulan cartoon. Oh, cool! Um, I saw that. Yeah, she was on. I remember her from ER back in the day. Like she was one of the doctors oh, yeah. on ER. Um, she's apparently going to be in a Gremlin series that's getting ready to Ooh, come out next year. What? I'm here for that. Yeah. Is it like a reboot or? I, I, no, it's like a TV. Like multi mm. multi episode deal. I'm into that. I love Gremlins. It's Christmas time. That's right. I need to get on my Gremlins DVD and watch <laughs> that shit. Um, we had Wes Studi as uh, Sagat. 
what exactly in the fuck is up with that casting? I love Wes Studi. Oh, dude, he's amazing. But yeah, yeah but he's yeah. not a he's not a seven foot tall Thailand guy. No. Who is <laughs> no. was he? Just seems clearly inspired by Tong, Tong po. po. If the if the game came after that film, oh, I'm not really sure. Did. Okay, I think yeah, no, even like Street well, Fighter oh, One. Came Street Fighter after? One came out in '87. I looked up. Ooh, so that might have been, been like right on, about right the same, on the same time. time. But yeah, he was like such a. This video game character, I love it. Tiger. Tiger. Hypercon. Tiger. Me. <laughs> tiger. Tiger. Don't edit any of this out. Wait, Wes, Wes, Wes Studi, I don't know about the casting, and I love Wes Studi. Same. Dude, Last of the Mohicans, Dances with Wolves, Heat. I just, I mean, he is amazing, and I love him. I love and he was everything great he's in. in this movie. Yeah. He, he just, just wasn't tie. a seven-foot-tall uh, Thai movie Thai fighter. Nope. But he, we still love him. Yeah. Wes, if you're listening, thank you. Oh, dude. For, for your contribution. I, as always, I can only assume he's listening. But yeah, I love <laughs> West Duty. He is awesome. He turned in one of the. He like gave his all to this movie. I yeah. Like he was all in on like giving the best performance he could give. Yeah. There's a handful of people that like really commit to this, and a handful of people that like this is a paycheck, and I'm just gonna do <laughs> as I'm told. Yep. Absolutely. I put Kylie Minogue in the I'm all in category. Yeah, she, I yeah, she cried it. She did one. a great job. Um. And she is like hot. she came out of Australian soap operas. Apparently. I didn't. Yeah, she, like yeah. I have no except for the ooh la la or whatever the song is. Did you say la that la 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 la? Yeah, that's the one. Like, and she looks hot so, in that video. Even yeah, though she like was, ten years later. Too. She was gorgeous. She went from I assumed she was a musician who then was branching into acting, but I think she was an actor who, who ended up doing some singing. She's on that like Disney Channel plan. Yeah, um, <laughs> but. Did you read the story about how she was found? She was on the cover of a magazine, right? Yeah, basically, is what I read was D'Souza was on the flight to Thailand to start filming, and I guess Capcom had told him, "Hey, you need to rewrite the script and stick the character of Cami in." Who? And he's like, "What the fuck?" So he's like, "Just yeah, give me a, give me some magazines, like celebrity magazines from Australia," and she was on the cover of like Australian People or something, and he's like, oh, "She'll do fine." Close enough. She was, she was great though. Yeah, Fine. I love it. Sign her up. Yeah. Get her over here. What are the odds of actually getting somebody worthwhile to do that based on a magazine headshot choice? I, th- yeah, I think dude. he probably called her and said, look, Capcom's going to give you some serious scratch to come do this. You want to be gonna, in a big Hollywood movie? It's not going to yeah. be it, as much as Van Damme's making, but it'll be a lot. Plus, you can fuck Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> you can climb all over him like a jungle gem. Like a jungle gem. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out uh, Roshan Seth as Dalzim. Who, oh, yes. who who played Chatar Lai uh, Lal? Excuse me. The who was the the Maharaja's major domo in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Ooh, right. And yeah, I loved him. And and he was he in like a Gandhi or um. He wasn't in the the Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley Gandhi move. I don't know. Maybe I've seen him in a lot of shit. Yeah. He's like he's awesome. He's always awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. I figured I don't know if we have time to go through every no no bodies in there. We can try to mention them as we come because yeah, some of them are yeah. like guys you've never seen before and never saw again. There are about thirty other people we'll get into <laughs> later, but yeah. Jesus Christ, there are a lot of people in this. There's movie. A lot of yeah. named characters, um, <laughs> some of whom don't even probably barely have any dialogue in the whole thing. No. Did you did you research the the composer Graham Revel or Revel the composer who did some music for some awesome movies. He's a New Zealander, uh-huh. so he's from down that way. From down Southern South America hem- hemisphere. <laughs> Southern Hemisphere. Um, he was busy in the 90s, and if you guys have never seen the Val Kilmer movie, The Saint, that he did the music for, uh-huh. that movie's awesome. And that what, score is awesome. Is nice. the Okay, I was thinking, like, I was going through his, his credits, and I was like, 
these are some good movies. The Crow and From Dust Till Dawn. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. He did the movie for Tank Girl. Yeah, that movie was awesome. I, I can't, but I, none of those movies could I recall what the score sounded like. No. So mm-hmm. I'm like saying, uh, he was like one of these other dudes. If like Silvestri and Zimmer and those guys are all busy, like he's the second or third tier. Right. He makes a, makes a passable score, but a forgettable score. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I it's, think it's he, very serviceable. Right. Did you catch the movie had five editors? Five like editors. Five different credited Jesus. editors. That's a that's a problem. Um, <laughs> I read up on Bill Fraker, the DP. Okay. It was the DP on Bullet. Oh shit! One he goes flew, way back to one flew over the cuckoo's nest, Tombstone, Rosemary's Baby, and God also damn. and yeah. also that Island of the Do- of Doctor Moreau. All right. <laughs> Which say what you will about how much of a train wreck it was. It looked good. No, the yeah. movie. Yeah. I feel it, like this uh, movie looks pretty good. Like yeah. I don't feel like I had any issues with the way that it looked. No. Do you have issues with the way it was edited? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one of those five guys is responsible? <laughs> you know, if I were to list off the things that I think needed fixing first, though, I don't think editing would be <laughs> no. in my top five. Wait, what's number one then? Story. Story. Okay. Yeah, a plot. <laughs> fair. Um, fair. Yeah, general, I'm, general I'm treatment of the characters, I think, is an interesting take um, in some regards. Well, speaking but, of the plot, yeah. let's talk get about down to it. Yeah. So, like we were saying, this movie uh, has nothing to do with the video game. And apparently, on you were saying that it was like a one-day turnaround on a pitch to to the studio, Basically, right? For, I think it was just slapped together, right? Yeah, and it feels and that way. That like, feel. And D'Souza, we feel like, was also getting pressure to, to make a G.I. Joe selling movie. And so this ends up being a war movie, not at all like the Street Fighter that you know and love, but... It starts with the old school Universal Studios globe and music. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this loud house is like, and the low brass <laughs> kicks in. And it's like very martial sounding snare drum. And then the globe gets encased in what looks like a set of aviator wings. And then almost immediately Jean-Claude's name pops up on the screen. And yeah. then Raul Julia. And then that stylized font that we all know and love for Street Fighter pops up. So yeah. I feel like this was an early example of like manipulating the, the studio animation. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's like yeah. now I feel like I couldn't think of, of movies have that on front. Something right. will be different. The color or the logo. I or, couldn't think of anything that we've watched because I was so interested when seeing it. I was like, I don't think anything we've watched so far has done that where the yeah. logo becomes part of the. The only one that I could think of beforehand would be Indiana Jones, yes. where In Temple of Doom. the Paramount Mountain fades into a mountain yeah. every time. On the gong. They, they all do it. Every oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. You're, you're right. right. You're the right. The first yeah. one um, starts off. And so right. they, do you I mean, remember it, Crystal Skull? Uh, Crystal Skull, I it's think, like goes a into a prairie hill. Dog. It was like, like a prairie, prairie dog, dog hill. It's like, this um, is which really set the tempo for how that movie was going to turn out. Absolutely. Bad, bad, bad. So, yeah, we get an effect that looks like TV snow. And then we launch into a TV newscast for global news television interspersed with the rest of the opening credits. A newscaster's uh, queuing up a special segment called Crisis in Shadowloo, which Ooh. I remember as being Shadow Law. And I looked it up, and in the game it was Shadow Law. Oh, really? But, but it was a it was someone's phonetic boneheaded mistake. It should have been Shadowloo, but okay. somebody writing the thing spelled it as Shadow Law because they didn't understand what someone was saying. Um, so the, the anchor's telling us that there's a civil war in Shadowloo and that they've reached a turning point and that because the capital has fallen. So Shadowloo City has fallen. Which is a fictional country, of course. Yeah, that they, they say is in uh, they in sh- Asia. They showed the Southeast map Asia. and it was like on the spot where, where Myanmar slash Burma is. Okay. Right. And, um, it has, and it definitely has some like Vietnam yeah. sort of feels with you know, mm-hmm. um, Ho Chi Minh City, Shadow right. City, kind of like, and yeah, you know, agreed. Yeah. They filmed, they filmed in Thailand, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and it's if it was where they plopped it on the map was adjacent to Thailand and Laos, and right. yeah, that whole 
Southeast Asia um, area. So after this montage of international newscasts all reporting on the Civil War, they cut to GTN's Chun-Li Zhang reporting from Shadaloo City, and she tells us that AN, which is this movie's version of the UN, the Allied Nations, mm-hmm. are consolidating their hold on the capital. She also says Shadaloo is in Southeast Asia and that it's a key port. Um, but she says it's not time to celebrate just yet because the heavily armed forces of one Minnesota bison are, <laughs> are laying in wait for the AN. Uh, we cut to some big-ass command center where bison is in some kind of a floating platform and watching Chun-Li's report. Um, she says that AN forces know they're dealing with a power-mad dictator with an army and high-tech weapons that he bought with proceeds from his drug empire. Was that – what was his backstory in the games? Drugs, Was he yeah. a drug lord turned – Whatever he wants to run the wants to take over the world. Yeah. So I I wrote down the original game plot because I feel like this is a point we're Get gonna it, reference yeah. and talk about often. The leader of the Shadowloo organization, M. Bison, in his global domination plan, sets up a world fighting tournament to select the best fighters to work in his organization through brainwashing. Mm. So it feels similar yeah. to some of the other films, like especially um Bloodsport uh-huh. with a like underground tournament. Kumite. Mm-hmm. And then we get into some brainwashing later on. But like, you know, it's not a great world domination plan. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's, it's, you just it's a, get a few good street yeah, fighters. It's no better than the one that we get. It, it's a slow burn. But it is. <laughs> on it Bison's is, pe- uh, part. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a lot of effort to to bring together a bunch of different people into a street fighting tournament to decide, hey. You're good enough to join my army. Now I have to brainwash you into doing it. It's a lot of work. See, I can yeah. see where D'Souza might have thought, like, what's a what's a convenient way to have a bunch of these, like, international fighters like, uh-huh. in the same place? Where he's like, well, what if it was, like, a United Nations-type force? Yeah. But then it, it never, then you never, we never actually get the street fighting. No. Like, that's where, the, <laughs> that's where they drop the ball. There's zero street fighting. There's an awful, there's an awful... Big dearth of street fighting in the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a miscalculation. Yeah. You know, one of the weird things, like the the planting of Shadaloo in Southeast Asia, is that Bison, on one side of this civil war, right. is 100% not Southeast Asian right. origin. Yeah, um, we don't know where he's supposed to be from, right? And in the games, I feel like it was always like sort of a mystery. Or if whatever. you've ever watched any yeah. of the Street Fighter anime movies, he his nationality is very vague, vague as well. Okay. And it's almost as Which though that works. He, that works for me. There's like a supernatural element to his character, like like cyber, like he's like a cyborg or something. Yeah, there's some almost. weird stuff going on. He's got a very like Hitler vibe of yeah. the way that he looks. But at the, like for and this, a, you know, a, making it a civil war, it's like okay, you committed him to being a resident or right. some sort of connection to this area, but we're not going to explain it. That was right. an odd choice. For it me. was a strange choice. Um, Chun Li then says that Bison took 63 A and relief workers hostage for a ransom of 20 billion dollars, and that no <laughs> one knows where the hostages are. She also says that 12 A and workers were killed and three are missing. As she's saying all this, we get a first good look at Bison soldiers who are all wearing, like what amounts to Darth Vader helmets. Um, they're also very reminiscent of, of Skeletor's soldiers. To yeah, me. they were and, just generic stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, anyway, Faceless villains. Right. Uh, they're throwing hostages down in this pit <laughs> in Bison's command center. That and, shit would be like breaking bones. Yeah, their legs would be snapping. Um, <laughs> that, I thought I heard a Wilhelm scream when someone yeah, got tossed Yeah, there's in. definitely yeah. one. Okay. Um, it's here we also get a first look at Zangief, played by Andrew Benyarski, Benyarski and that's, that's all a, we know about that guy. <laughs> well, he's yeah. been in a few football movies. He was, uh, in, he was in Any Given Sunday, okay. and in, 
I think and in unnecessary roughness and in the program. And he just had that look, just a, I'm a big jacked dude. I'm roided up. You know, for for casting based on looks of the characters, he's spot on. Oh, yeah. He is Zangief in real life. And he actually gives like a, he doesn't have a lot to do, but he brings that comic relief. He he was actually really entertaining. He was. Um, Zangief pushes a soldier, an Aeon soldier, towards Bison, who says, you came from across the world (laughs) to fight me, soldier. Now's your chance. Dude. Uh Oh, go ahead. Before we get into that, sorry. Um, no, there's a couple it. of other things. So, like, the plot, plot-wise, plot does it seem justified to be having this level of military intervention over 63 people and $20 billion to either of you? Well, like, I was wondering, so they had just, the AN had just retaken Shadaloo City, which made right. me wonder, yeah. like, does, does Bison, is Bison's army, is there a, a larger war going on than what we are seeing? Yeah. I think there probably is. Like, maybe they were taking over the whole country. Right. Yeah. And so it's more than just host, a hostage situation. Yeah. And, but, and yeah. twenty billion dollars also seems like a pittance. So you're saying is that he wasn't asking a lot. I don't feel really. like he's. I feel like that they would be like, all right, well, sign a check, give us those sixty three people yeah, back. Yeah, but guess. like Guy said, like then what's to stop him from doing the same thing again yeah. next week? Yeah. I think like, I think it's like, it's like we don't negotiate. Later. We don't negotiate yeah. with terrorists. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that this is probably like a we don't want to placate Hitler, Chamberlain kind of deal. Like yeah. we don't want to give him what he wants. I also um, love the sound in the background when he says. Hostage pit closing. Stand clear. <laughs> like they, they recorded a video about the hostage pit. I had that in my notes later when they're like, stand clear of the hostage pit. It's <laughs> like the, whoever the voiceover, the actor was, like within the world of the film, whoever got hired to, re- we need you to do some recordings that we're going to use. Steer, stand clear of the hostage pit. Please what am I doing? What is, wait, wait, what what is, is this, this movie? Who is this being recorded for? Is this for Street Fighter? <laughs> Uh, so the dude throws one punch, misses, Bison grabs him and breaks his neck. So that That's, was that. That seems to be Bison's one and only his move. move. Is mm-hmm. to grab a throat and crush. Yeah. Or um, it's like a, it's a Dalton almost. Oh, Ripped yeah, that totally. Throat Ripped out, the throat out. Um, we, we cut to Shadaloo City where Chun-Li sees the AN commander rolling up in an armored vehicle. Um, that would be important because we need that to sell toys. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We cut back then to Bison's headquarters. Zangief. Uh, flings another AN guy at Bison. Yes, your turn now. <laughs> the guy the guy tries to do a running drop kick, but he ends up flying right into Bison's arms and getting his neck broken also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crushing that throat. Um, so Chun-Li, meanwhile, back in Shadow City, was waving down Colonel Guile, played by your boy JCVD. Um, <laughs> and the mention of Guile's name on TV immediately get Bison's attention. He's like, whoa, whoa, what? Uh, Chun-Li asks if she can speak with him, and he says no. No. <laughs> but then she says, don't you want to speak to your world audience? And he's like, no, but I do want the chance to talk to someone. The <laughs> bastard bison. Then delivered straight to the camera, he says, I know you like to look at yourself on television, you sick son of a bitch. So look at this. And then he does some weird <laughs> arm movement. He like flexes and like slaps his muscles. I it was yeah. like this thing. Like, was fuck it? you. Like the international sort of like, fuck you. Also... Guile has no idea how a microphone works because he's fucking waving that thing around all over anywhere <laughs> but pointed at his face. Yeah. I love the whole, like, will you be interviewed? No. And then he snatches the mic. But I do want to talk to someone. But yes. <laughs> Didn't that make you feel like it was like a Hulk Hogan or someone taking the mic from oh. Mean Gene on yeah. Yeah. Or, or, uh, the Macho Man? The yeah. Macho Man used to do that shit Ooh, all the time. Yeah. Let me tell you uh, something, brother. Yeah, so uh, anyway, Bison gets super riled up by all this. I love that moment, though. I think like, he goes six to midnight. Oh, yeah, time. he does. 
Bison's <laughs> So look at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chun-Li hurriedly grabs the mic back and asks Guile what the fuck he's doing. Um, then we see Bison order DJ, a Jamaican kickboxer in the game, here relegated to Lieutenant Sulu duty at some console. Uh, no, he Computer didn't. programmer. Yeah. He ne- why, would, why would Capcom insist on having this character in there? He never throws a punch. <laughs> like, he never worst. fights. Why? Why uh, waste him anyway? And he was a cool character in the video game. You like liked his cool style? moves, yeah. His, like yeah, Jamaican like, sort of... Like kickboxing. Yeah, sort of yeah. like Kaipawera stuff a little bit. Like I don't think he was among the villains either. No, he was just a new guy. He was just a yeah. hint like a, somebody okay. else who joined the tournament. For this movie got real liberal with making good guys bad guys and bad guys it from the totally game good did. guys. And like DJ could have been the camera guy, which we'll get into later. But yeah. I mean, anyway. So... Bison orders DJ to, quote, break in now. And by break in, we see that he means to jam some satellites and relay his own signal so he can deliver a message. In what looks like a TV van, Edmund <laughs> Honda, played by Peter Navy Tuyasosopo, sees Bison's skull logo appear on all the screens, and he starts asking Balrog, the, who's supposed <laughs> to be a boxing champion, if you can, can you believe what you're seeing? And Are you seeing this? Yeah. See, man, I'm filming it, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like... He saw the pirate feed like pop up in the viewfinder of the camera. That's not how shit <laughs> That's not works. Right, no. um, <laughs> this and by Balrog, we're not talking about a demon from the ancient world, best by Gandalf, but we're talking about a GNT cameraman played by Special Agent Johnson from Die Hard, <laughs> Grand Bush. Is that who that was? Yeah, man. Oh man, I didn't even recognize I didn't notice him. he put on like some bulk. Yeah, he seemed a, a little beefier. That's, that's, that's awesome. No, Special Agent Johnson, no you relation. Know, uh, also in um, notably in like Lethal Weapon movies uh-huh. as well. Yeah, he was awesome. You know, yeah. you know what. Bison excels at in this movie is branding. Uh-huh. That, oh, that, yeah, is, that logo is on everything. Yep. It's all over. And I'm thinking, yeah, hell yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's he got knows. a good marketing he department. He knows how to sell. Totally. Corporations love me. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? So Bison addresses Guile directly. As soon as he starts, Guile whispers in Cammy's ear that Bison took the bait and they need to trace the signal. Uh-huh. Bison asks why Guile addresses a fellow warrior with such disrespect. Guile starts insulting Bison, saying warriors don't kill doctors, nurses, or doctors and nurses or orphan children. Um, you will choke on those words, Guile. Anytime, dickhead. So, <laughs> what does that mean? You'll choke like he's gonna make him kill doctors and nurses? I, like yeah, what? Like I, I don't he's gonna know. Ch- there was that, a. I think there was some dialogue missing that, from that. that. Scripting was an interesting. Yeah. Choice. He's like anytime, dickhead. Yeah. yeah so we'll this go is worldwide. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that I'll mean? I'll choke on those words anytime, dickhead. Like what? no. What's he? Ta- he's talking like someone who's coked up. Yeah. Like he's just delusions of like. Oh. We'll go worldwide and, just like now. And we're talking. We were talking earlier about how Van Dam made a. a specific choice to do this very like raspy affectation with his voice like which i appreciate he was trying to do something different yeah Yeah. than what we're used to seeing it feels like it's the first character he's ever gotten to play that's not himself yeah yeah or the yeah yeah i i agree every other one's just been a martial artist Mm-hmm. A guy who's a martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, this happens to be this a guy movie, who's a martial artist. Plus, yeah. right? He's like, you're going to be a soldier, like in command of troops and everything. He's like, okay, that's different for that's me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so while Guile is going through this spiel and saying coked up things, <laughs> Cammy, Cammy jumps into the back of the GNT van with Honda to start tracing the signal, and I'm wondering. Does not the AN have military grade equipment right there that <laughs> they can use to do this? That's a fucking point. Although, I mean, first of all, she's not just going to be able to hop in there and no. trace a signal. Like, I assume you need equipment for that, but maybe it did have to be that it was 
their signal that had been right. jacked. That that makes sense. The GNT signal. You need to patch into their truck. The but a- I don't think you just hop in the truck and start doing shit. No. The AN doesn't seem like quite the military organization either, which we'll like, <laughs> no, continue to discuss. They they seem to have. They're pretty cash strapped. It's yeah, it's ragtag. There's maybe only a hundred of them. Um, <laughs> the whole force to fight the whole civil war. Right. So DJ back in the command center with Bison says that the signal's being traced. Bison tells Guile that he may think he's clever, but that now he only has three days to hand over the twenty billion, or the hostages are going to die, and the world's going to hold Guile responsible. Doubtful. Yeah. False. I think it's like I think they'll hold Bison responsible. Yeah. And then yeah. and then. To show he's serious, he sets a giant timer that, that we're going to need in the movie. Like, and he exclaims, victory! <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a thing that, that struck me more this this watch and as an adult watching it um, than anything else is that the entirety of this plot happens over three days. Uh-huh. There's, a oh, lot, yes. there's a lot that happens in three days' time. There's a lot that happens in one hour and a half in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as he screams... Victory! His <laughs> goons all start giving like a very black shirt looking Hale Bison, Heil Hitler salute mm. thing. Gao tries to shout to the hostages that he's coming to rescue <laughs> them. He also delivers a personal message like a total fucking idiot to yeah. someone named Charlie t- telling him, hang on, buddy. Like, that's so stupid. That's hang so. On, yeah. Charlie! Charlie, we're coming for you. Might, you might as well say, my wife and child are in there. <laughs> what? Be sure to let your enemy know that a close personal relation of yours uh, is in his hostage Yeah, group. Bison immediately picks up on the fact that someone near and dear to Guile is there. He walks over to the soldier that was in the frame and rips, <laughs> off, rips off his dog tags and the guy's named Carlos Blanca. Which Ooh. is quite the jump. Carlos yeah. is not often, like, Charlie. that's not a Charlie to me. <laughs> right. Also, fortunate that he was not the... The first two prisoners who got they killed. Yeah, right. already killed the Charlie. <laughs> um, Bison orders that Carlos Blanca be taken to the laboratory. Laboratory. <laughs> and, uh, and his goons cold cock Charlie and drag him away. Uh, we cut back to Guile and company where Cameo runs up and tells Guile they couldn't trace the signal, um, by which she means that she and the GNT van could not trace the signal. <laughs> yes. Uh, Guile insults her for being useless and walks off, leaving Cami and Chung Lee to commiserate on Wait, whether... Wait, did he say Cami was useless or yeah, Chung basically, Lee? Basically, like, insinuates that Cami is like, God, you're... Oh, fine. that sucks. He's negging her. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh. like, that leaves Cami and Chung Lee to commiserate on whether Guile hates women or just journalists. <laughs> um, there's a cut to some kind of underground fighting ring, then. Uh, we see a shirt. Uh, yeah. yeah, we see a shirtless <laughs> yeah. dude with a sword and a barbed wire fighting pit about to get rowdy with Vega, Vega. from the game, who is at, to this point the only person who looks like himself from the game. Mm-hmm. I think along with Zangief, this was like a brilliant bit of visual casting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, this dude had the look, man. Yeah, he was a beautiful human being as well. Yeah. Right, Jay Tavare. Yeah, Vega looks just like he does in the video game. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as they're about to throw down, an Asian guy and a white dude are being escorted into the room. Um, 12-year-old John immediately knew this was Ken and Ryu, oh, hell Ryu yeah. excuse me, and was disappointed by what he saw. Yeah, these are not these are not the Ken and Ryu that we want. Fucking no. Ken is wearing a suede vest. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And so this is Damien Chapa and Byron Mann, respectively. Byron Mann apparently had to audition like six-something times to finally land the role of Ryu. Oh, really? And yeah. he was oh. fucking... He was running laps around uh, Ken. Yeah, Chapa, Damian Chapa was not great in this, but Byron Mann was great as Ryu. Um, I recognize Chapa from, he was in Under Siege. He was just like the sort of naysaying uh, sailor to, you mm. know, to Seagal. Um, and then Byron Mann most recently has been on that um, Altered Carbon show on Ooh. Netflix. He had like martial <laughs> arts chops, yeah, right? He's a, like he's he was the real deal. That show, yeah. I expected both of them to be bigger. 
Like, yeah. bulkier, more muscular, more Van Damme-sized, if you well, will. As right. the characters in the game go, they were, like, sort of on the small side, right? Both uh, of them? I mean, compared to, like, Zangief. And yeah, other those people. guys were massive, right? But even maybe smaller than Guile, I think. But, like, I cartoonishly know, large right. muscles on right. everybody, yeah, and, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Muscle yeah, they were porn. just, like, they were just dudes. These guys, yeah, yeah they just look like guys. Right. And that's why 12-year-old me was like, oh, man, really? And they were just mid-conversation right. about something already. They were being escorted by this, like, Shadaloo leather daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I listened to that band. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. Um, that should be a punk band if it's yeah. not. So, um, in in the fight, the dude with the sword seems suddenly terrified of Vagans, like trying to crawl out of the ring, but to no avail because he gets electrocuted. Yeah, he needs an electric fence. Um, in the crowd, Ken's asking Ryu if he's feeling more at ease now that they're off the street. Um, then Swordfighter's limp body thuds to the mat just beside them, and Ryu mm-hmm. sarcastically says, yeah, real safe. Um, their leather daddy guide runs back up and ushers them away as Vega strikes his pose. <laughs> like while the crowd like chants his name. Um, the guy takes Ken and Ryu into a room where Victor Sagat, the Great West studio, is waiting for him. I fucking love that um, guy. Je detest how fucking cheesy Sagat looks in this movie. Like it just like the, yeah. the way his suit is and stuff like that. I was just like, man. And he I love wasn't, West he wasn't, a, he wasn't a seven foot four uh, guy that he is in the games or whatever. And, well, and, and why is Sagat wearing a damn suit? Right. And and by this point in the game lore, uh, Ryu and Sagat are mortal enemies. Oh, yeah. Oh, they like they are very familiar with each other. Yeah, Sagat you know, was the like the boss primary of Street nemesis of, of Street Fighter one. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And, I never heard the first one. The big ass. ass scar across his chest was delivered by one Ryu. With yep. a little with Ryu. A, with his yeah. uh, with his Shoryuken. 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 Which we don't get any of. No. We get a half-assed one from Ken. Yeah, we, we do. It is we, lame. We never get the words, though. No. Shoryuken. Um, Sagat offers them booze and hookers, which they decline <laughs> so that they can get down to business. Yeah, appetizers. <laughs> and they had, like, an Asian hooker and a white hooker. Right. Because we don't want to have any implication of interracial prostitution. Oh, here. my we God. One for each of you. Dude, I love the bit about the, like, didn't anyone tell you there's a curfew? And he's like, oh, right, yeah. no one tells me anything. And then the PA, like the helicopter flies by, there's a curfew in effect. <laughs> well, and then like, the, it's a good joke. It and is then, a great like, joke. The second part of that is violators will be shot on sight. Right. Yeah, that is that's some fascist, steep, that's some fascist shit. That's a so steep that the, penalty that for breaking that's the end. Yeah. Violators will be shot yeah. on sight. We will sight. kill you. Okay. peace organization um, who's going to fucking give her that peace with weapons. Yeah. I like it. So Ken asks Sagat if he has the 100,000. Sagat motions, and a guy opens a case with stacks of cash. Sagat asks if they have the weapons. The boys say they do, but they're hidden. And this immediately, I'm like, these guys are fucking morons. So, <laughs> But they say, they say, once we get outside with the money, we'll send the guns in. Or we'll call you on this cell phone. Yep. Sagat seems to be okay with this absolutely ludicrously shitty arrangement, but then reveals that it's because he already knows where the guns are and that his men have brought them there. Yep. Um, Sagat's guys all line up with the guns they've stolen and point them at Ken and Ryu. It was a very European group of gangsters, like yeah. the goons that he's got mm-hmm. here in uh, Shadaloo. And then what? in what Amazon closed captioning calls a foreign language, Sagat, <laughs> Sagat appears to order his men to ready, aim, and fire. Right. And then the guys just start shooting tennis balls at Ken and Ryu with these, like, tennis ball guns who and stand there taking it like morons cartoonish sound effects uh-huh. yeah boing boing and they're just like they're hucksters like yeah. I, did, I hated that about Ken and Ryu I, I still hate it but like for the first as a child thinking like these are the heroes that I wanted yeah, these to are be the in game. the movie and yeah. now they're like weird used car salesmen I, I agree it is weird how the decision was made like that Guile is gonna be our hero the star yeah. 
I think it's because they wanted Van Damme. Yeah, and they wanted and who could it. he play? He can't really play Ryu. Right. So he could have been a Ken. He could have been Ken. I don't know. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. They it did a lot of interesting. interesting things. I would have loved to have been on, what, the three or four movie, uh, meetings that they probably had, because <laughs> yes. that's probably all they could afford to have to try and decide what this movie was even going to be about. Um, so anyway, everyone starts laughing at Ken and Ryu, and then the goons attack. Um, Ken and Ryu are whipping that ass until they're subdued by people with actual guns. Uh, yeah. Sagat seems to be impressed by how they were able to handle themselves with close combat. Well, what's weird is, so the dude Choppa clearly no. had no skills. No. Why would you cast a no-name actor who's also not a martial artist? So, because he's never once going to fight. Yeah. I mean, he fights at the very end, but it's all extreme close-ups. Yeah. You can't actually see anything. Mm. Well, then, and then something that I read also was that the movie got the movie schedule had to get flipped where the actors were going to have time to learn Just choreography train and train, yeah. but because Raul Julia was so sick and he needed time to recuperate and put on some body weight, that they decided they to all the move. fighting to yeah. the beginning. Yeah, oh, that's a, that was a big problem. And that's why I talk up to like Wes Studi, also clearly had not done any type of martial arts no. training. But I think they were expecting like, oh yeah, we'll we'll shoot our dialogue heavy shit, and then at the very end we'll film all the fighting when we've had chance to like rehearse with the trainers and well, everything it's like, like that. When you watch the Fellowship of the Ring and that you know in the early scenes that Vigo filmed as Aragorn, um, he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing with a sword, and because he's been on set for a week. Oh yeah, because yeah. they had already started in. production when he. Got brought they, in, right? They threw him in, and he looks like he's never held a sword before. Is that when he was also trying to do a different accent? Yes. Before. <laughs> <laughs> None of us can. <laughs> he has no other master. He has no other ma- The ring has no other master. <laughs> what? What are you doing? What is that thing you're just, doing with your voice? Just do your normal voice, Just dude, talk, yeah. man. So as Ken and Ryu stare at each other, there's a hard cut to an overgrown temple in a jungle somewheres. Um, this <laughs> a must big be big ass snake. Yeah, this that was a huge snake. That's a huge snake. So yeah, this must a huge be snake. Bison's hideout because uh, we hard cut to Bison in the laboratory. Um, he's chatting up Doctor Dalsim, Sport, asking sporting a cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, asking how his research. How's your research going today? <laughs> what? Uh, we should this know- is like it's every movie lab, right? Yeah, yeah totally. It's like yeah. just lots of beakers filled with bright colored liquids bubbling. And Everything's kind of neon blue and shit. Yeah. Um, we note we should note that Dawson's wearing some kind of shackle harness, so yeah. he's there against his will. Or he's just like real kinky. <laughs> and they turned and they turned him into a nerd. Yeah. Which was. Yeah. Also, Which, what was okay. his character's background? He was like a sort of a guru. He's a yoga guru right? and he's yeah. super he, stretchy bendy. How is that? Is yoga. that because of something supernatural? Because of his mind. He's no, had power yoga. over his mind. Okay, cool. He's, he's, power over his mind and spirit. He's, he's in the game trying to raise money for his village, even though he believes in peace. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wait, is that that's his character in the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah, the okay. game, he joins the tournament so he can win some money for his village. He seems like one of the villagers from Temple of Doom. But he wears a skull necklace. A necklace with little tiny skulls. Yeah. (laughs) There there are some questions. Monkey skulls or some shit. Or human or or toddler skulls. Um, It's a dark sect of yoga. I don't know. (laughs) Yoga fire. Black yoga. Yoga flame. Flame. So um, Dawson says, hey, you know, shit's not really going well. That my science has been warped and corrupted and twisted to bison's whim instead of peace. Um, Bison says he wants to look at the patient. Wait, did you like, um, he's like, you know what? I tell you, 
After I've crushed my enemies, we'll see about getting you published. That's not for kids. That's not and like I, a joke going to make kids laugh, but it is Bison's funny. medical journals. I will say that for, for all this movie's many faults, and maybe D'Souza's not a great director, that his writing was good. Yeah, yeah. some of the jokes was, really yeah. landed. Yeah. yeah, they did land. And plus, he had a, he, uh, Raul Julia was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dawson flips a switch... And a pod of some kind opens to reveal Charlie Blanca hooked up to all kinds of gizmos and doodads. Yeah. Um, Bison tells Dazimi that he has a perfect soldier to experiment on. How he knows this, we're not sure. Um, and Dazim counters by saying that Bison's looking for a perfect killer. Oh, um, In the pod, Blanca is screaming and writhing in agony. Bison asks what Blanca's looking at <laughs> in the headset he's wearing, and we see he's being forced to watch videos of like wartime murders and it's shit. Like, it's like the inverse of a clockwork orange. Yeah, they exactly. Try to, like, yeah. exactly. Like breed the violence out of him by showing him nice things. It was yeah. like some faces of death shit. Yeah, they it were was, making him. It walk. was dark. Like I think that was legit. Uh, legit execution. Yeah, no, there. I think like, it was too. And there was like a corpse hanging, like it had been hung by the yeah. neck. It's like for a movie like intended, real. For a movie intended for children, there's a lot of really dark things that you get to see yep. on screen. Agreed. Yeah, love Agreed. Bison. Merely educational software. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bison wonders why Blanca's responding in like such a wuss, and Dalzim says, "Unlike you, he's not psychotic." Um, <laughs> Bison grabs Dalzim by the throat because that's his thing. That's his, lift, that's his thing. Lifts him up off the ground, telling him that he takes a risk being so brazen and that he shouldn't test him further. He also tells Dalzim that once Blanca's brain has been corrupted into the perfect killing machine, that his loyal scientists will start on his body, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Are, and are then we, we to assume that that Bison has been taking some of these same, like, the, pump, mute, the mutagen, the mutagen, and the like, plasma shit right there. to make him so strong. Um, Maybe. Because he's, like, he's, like, insanely strong. Right, yeah. And that doesn't, like, that's not humanly possible to throw another human being like that. No, uh, yeah, I agree. No. And so... Choke slammed him, like, across yeah, the like, lab. Yeah, like, I guess, like, that... And on this watching, I felt like I was thinking that like maybe he experimented a little bit on himself. Yeah, absolutely could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is the the character of Bison is supposed to be like superhumanish in the game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. He uses force lightning after yeah, all. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll get we, there. Yeah, we cut to the fighting ring where they're playing what sounds like a mashup of Ravel's Bolero with uh, Carmen's first act aria from the opera of the same name. Uh, Sagat names Ryu the challenger against the champion Vega. In the stands, Ken comments on how popular Vega seems to be with the crowd. Sagat says that this is because he's the greatest cage fighter since someone called the Iron Fist. Ken asks what happened to the Iron Fist, and Sagat's like, I'm the Iron Fist. He retired idiot. and became he me. He became me. Mm. Um, is that canon? Was, um, he, was the Iron Fist like a fort? Was that- I don't know. Not that I remember. I don't remember I mean, it either. I also don't remember was, his name being Victor, which is not a very Thai name. Yeah. No, they whatever. made that up for the movie. His, yeah. name, his name was Saget, like Bob Saget <laughs> in, the, in the game. What if his name had been Bob Saget? Yeah. Bob Saget. Yeah. Robert Saget. Tiger. Yeah. Robert Saget. Robert Sagat. <laughs> they missed a real opportunity there. I know. I know. Um, in the ring, Vega removes his mask, smiles like a dumbass, and then does a flip and an air punch. But that, that was like the real Vega shit, right? Yeah. I love that. They yeah. should have leaned more into like the video yeah, game I, tropes. I yeah. 100% approved of it. When that shit happens, it brought a smile to my face. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ryu doesn't seem to be bothered as he makes eyes with the girl who's been assigned with the job of ripping off his shirt. <laughs> I, I love the bit where the, the girl hold, uh, holding the Vega sign chucks it away because right, she sees that Ryu's just as ripped. And Vega was hurt. Like, yeah, Vega's like, yeah. <laughs> how well, could you? I mean, I guess that this like helps <laughs> us out. I mean, it probably didn't do them any favors that in the 90s, everyone was wearing big billowy bright shirts like right. assholes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a woman with a pillow 
offers Ryu a sword, yeah. which he starts whipping <laughs> around like a goddamn professional before slinging at a post at a post behind Vega. Dude, um, I read that that actor Byron Man had like never trained with swords before, and they just like they gave him a little crash course to like be able to do a little something something. But then they had him on set like doing it with a real sword, which God is fucking damn. dangerous as hell. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't think the throwing of it, of course, was like uh, right something controlled, but like. Yeah. Just swinging a real blade around like that, you could just right. easily slice yourself. How many yeah. times as a child did you play with some nunchucks and hit yourself in the nuts every time? <laughs> yep. <laughs> literally. <laughs> or in the literally face. every yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Literally hit myself in the face every face. single time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Vega starts to go for his mask and clow, <laughs> but Sagat motions for him not to. Like, no, 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 down boy. Yeah, the crowd was like chanting, no weapons, right. no weapons. So the crowd mm. starts counting down, and just as Ryu and Vega are about to get into the it. The 60 second countdown. That's too that much. Started, yeah. They, they sped it up for the movie but it was like a full time around he has a whole clock. minute to think about what you're gonna do <laughs> so right as they're about to get down to it a fucking tank or some such busts through a wall yeah it's got two full ballistic missiles <laughs> yes. mounted on the top nuclear of it. warheads yeah uh, and it's uh, so Vega and Ryu leap out of the ring people are running everywhere the tank comes to a stop in the ring and out pops Guile mm-hmm. who lets everyone know you're all under arrest um, <laughs> I think the presence of the tank was like at the insistence of Hasbro, who apparently had all these shit ton of surplus G.I. Joe tanks mm-hmm. that they were like, you got to have a tank in the movie because we got to move some of this merchandise. Mm. It, yeah. OK. This but, is yeah. this is as close as we ever get to a street fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we never got and a it single gets stop. It gets interrupted. This is our moment. And, yeah. it's, and it's passed. So we cut to some time the next day. Giles calling a staff meeting to order. There was um, that weird, like, good morning, Shadaloo. It was like, supposed to be like, dude, the dude who they had doing that PA stuff was like the real life. The good morning guy Vietnam guy? From the, from the real life story of the good morning Ooh, Vietnam guy. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Pretty rad. That's very, very cool. Um, and the introduction of Captain Sawada was in this scene. Just why? Who is. Who? In his mangled dialogue. There was not a single scene he was in that he didn't derail the scene. <laughs> he, makes, he makes one video game presence. Do you right. know what it's for? It was it Street Fighter the movie, the game. <laughs> Street Fighter the movie, the game. Oh my but God. he was also in a lot of the cartoons, apparently. Didn't that oh, game okay. look more like Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was like, like the real actors' yeah, the yeah. Stop, photos. Stop motion of the, uh, the actors like a Mortal Kombat. Oh, disaster. <laughs> so uh, in the meeting, a guy jumps up. This is Kawada. and says that his team's ready that they need to know how they're making the attack. Cammy says that they think Bison's in the River Delta region. Suddenly, the guy who had been serving coffee jumps up on the table with a knife and charges Guile, who sweeps the leg, punches him in the throat, and then slings him off the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cammy, for no reason that I can discern, <laughs> rips open the guy's shirt to reveal a tattoo that's apparently the symbol of the Shadaloo Tong. A tattoo drawn on... Unquestionably, <laughs> with just, ballpoint just pin. moments before. It, 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 it was, was a wet. ballpoint pin. Oh my for god! Sure. But you're right. Why would her first move be to rip his shirt open? It, it reminded me of the scene in um, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade where Kasim opens his shirt to reveal the the <laughs> yeah. order of the cruciform sword. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. um, but I was like, but. Why? 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 It reminded me of uh, Tango and Cash when they found like the dead body. In yeah, the, they were set up, and he just ran and ripped his shirt open to see like he's wearing a wire. And it's like, why what would you? Fuck? Why are you touching the body? Nah. And why does? Why do you, as an organization, want to tattoo up all your people so that everyone's certain they know <laughs> right. that yeah. they were one of the bad guys? But it's also just a generic, like a snake wrapped around a dagger. Right. Like yeah. that's not an uncommon tattoo. Right. Right. 
So the, the camera focuses on the tattoo, and as the camera pulls back, we see that the tattoo is on Sagat, who is mm. in jail, smoking with Vega hovering uncomfortably near. Vega, <laughs> Vega, who's crafted himself a bamboo claw for prison. Right. Yes. Yes. Bamboo Where claw. Where did he get that shit? <laughs> he got a lot of twine and bamboo and yeah. knives in prison. Yeah. I feel like Vega must have been one of these late edition characters, because he doesn't even talk. They're just like, you know what, we want Vega in there. And they're like, okay, he can just be hanging around, maybe standing that, behind yeah. Sagat at all times. Maybe he had even less charisma in delivering lines than Ken. It could be, could be, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Vega gives a signal, and everyone at this long table gets up, leaving only Ken and Ryu. Um, then we cut back to Guile's meeting. He's deduced that if Sagat is running guns against Bison, then he must know where Bison's hiding, and that all they need to do is infiltrate the gang. Kami insinuates that's not going to be easy. And I, I don't, don't even know, know that's what the lo- fuck's going to happen. I don't know if that's a logical leap to make. No. Like, oh, if he's selling him guns, then he must know where the base is. Why? Why, yeah. Why would that? Why that not, doesn't necessarily... Why not drop like, off the guns at a third-party unnamed location? Yeah, it's 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 not a... You would say, logical. meet me at my hidden base. Yeah. Sure. Sure um, you would. I, but I'm trying to view all Guile's scenes through, like, the lens of a cokehead. <laughs> where it's like... That's amazing. Like, this shit sounds... Like the amped up ramblings. He must know where the base is. Like, let's oh. go. Oh, God. And, Wait, and, what? And for the name, like, for Guile meaning, like, clever, is he has he's not. No. <laughs> no. True. So back in AN lockup, dudes are bowing up on Kid and Ryu who start <laughs> beating ass. The ruckus draws Guile and team to a window. He asks T Hawk, played by Greg Rainwater. One Tony Hawk. Wearing yeah. an unexplained bandage on his head, like the whole movie. Yeah. Weird. He just had a big old bandage on his head. I thought it was just like to make it where he was visibly recognizable amongst all the other anonymous AN soldiers. He's an unknowable face. He He really is. He's just sort of an average looking guy. He's just back there. Um, Yeah, so he asked T-Hawk, who I refer to as T-Hawk throughout this. (laughs) Thawk. Who the two guys are who are uh, cleaning house. And T-Hawk says it's Ken Masters and Ryu Hoshi. And then uh, Guile orders the pair patched up and brought to him. Yeah. If Zagat won't trust new friends, maybe he'll trust new enemies. That sentence makes no That's sense. fucking cokehead logic, That's man. That's dumb. That's what? what I'm saying. I wish everyone had just The closer huh? we are to danger, the further mm-hmm. we are from harm. It's like that. That type. doesn't make sense to me, but <laughs> then again, you are very small. <laughs> And that's where and that's where the action's gonna close down on this one. Mercifully. I'm, I'm just I'm just breathless in anticipation of oh, what's yeah, gonna happen man. next. <laughs> How are intrepid heroes and which hero who's a hero? Who's a villain? One of our ensemble heroic cast. Oh my god. Who will make lot. it who will survive to the end? Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally everyone, everyone but the bad guy. No, even he. There was a post-credit oh, yeah, scene. That's, that's true. That's true. No well, we, one we person know that yet. Oh shit! Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh fuck. Um. Anyway, we hope you guys have enjoyed <laughs> listening to us ramble about Street Fighter as much as we've enjoyed talking about it because it really is. It's a lot of fun. The movie is oh, fun. Oh, it's great to yeah. banter about. Yeah. And uh, we hope you guys will join us next time. Also, shout out to our um, friends at the Last of the Action Heroes podcast. Yeah, Network. we didn't forget about you. Yeah, we love you guys. We hope you're enjoying this. It's got something for everyone. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. Bye.